Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Not Your Average Book Report, a podcast about children's books where we believe in never losing the childlike joy of reading. Yes, we believe strictly here that too often books for quote unquote adults are kind of boring and sad, and we'd rather have pirates, princesses, sword fights, all the fun things that make children's stories magical. We just think life needs more of that. My name is Sam. And I will soon be joined by my co-host and sister-in-law, Sarah, because today, to start off 2023, we wanted to have a special guest on the show, and boy, I, uh, just no words. We were joined by S.D. Smith, otherwise known as Sam, and yes, I am also named Sam, so it was confusing, but we worked through that and had a really great conversation. We just loved getting to hear his heart behind why he loves telling stories, the stories that he loved and influenced him, and also some about his books. If you have not heard of S.D. Smith, he is the author of the Green Ember series, a million-selling adventure saga featuring heroic rabbits with swords. The Green Ember spent time as the number one best-selling audiobook in the world on Audible, and his newest novel, co-authored with his 16-year-old son, is a thrilling fantasy called Jack Zulu and the Waylander's Key. His 16-year-old son. Okay, uh... That kid is way cooler than me. Anyways, Smith's stories are captivating to readers across the globe who are hungry for new stories with an old soul. So obviously, S.D. Smith fits right in with us, so we were really excited to have him on the show, and I'm going to throw it to that conversation now. Well, all right, we are here with our... New friend, S.D. Smith, but we're going to call him Sam the rest of the time because that just sounds more friendly and uh, easier to say. So, Sam, how are you doing? I'm doing great, but I did not give anyone permission to call me Sam here. I don't, oh. I'm, feeling, I'm feeling betrayed immediately. Uh, well, actually, under- we should probably address <laughs> that right now because I am Sam and it might get confusing if both of us are oh. Sam. I'll call you S.D. Smith, and you'll call, That's perfect. You'll call me Sam. That, is... that, that will <laughs> that'll eliminate all the, the confusion. I think everybody will be comfortable with that. That sounds great. That's perfect. Um, well, Sam, you are. Uh, why don't you take a second to introduce yourself to those of you, to those of our audience who aren't familiar with you or have maybe heard of you in passing but don't know who you are and what you've written? Well, uh, I am Sam Smith, a very uh, exotic and exciting name that uh, – <laughs> that, uh, I'm, I'm not in the witness protection program, uh, despite what you may maybe may believe. Um, I'm sure. I suppose I'm, I'm guessing you're you're bringing me on to talk about my incredible prowess at pickleball. I guess. It's yes. A, yes. Yeah. Well, I could tell you about my serve. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I, I I live in southern West Virginia. My, uh, my wife is Gina, and we have four kids. And I think that you guys want to talk to me because I've written some books, um, primarily the green ember series, which mm-hmm. is a 10 book series uh, for, for kind of aimed at middle grade, but uh, can be enjoyed by everyone. I think most people. Um, and it's a, it's a story that started out as, as uh, an adventure I shared with my daughter when she was really little. Um, mm. we, we began as just a, an organic sort of on the porch, telling a story to my daughter. There were rabbits hopping around in the yard. I started telling her a story about an older sister rabbit and a younger brother. And mm. Her and her young brother kind of uh, came along and I, it became, they loved the story and it sort of became a little serial that I would tell the kids uh, over, over many years. And eventually we, uh, we decided to share our, uh, really the kids' insistence, uh, we decided to share our story with other people. And we had 
reasonably low expectations for how <laughs> that would how that might go. And uh, I, I like the story, but I thought, well, you know, who knows if anybody's going to enjoy this? But uh, uh, it was really we really just sort of made the book. I think primarily it's kind of a almost like a relic, a keepsake of of our time mm. together as, as a family. So it was really I, I felt like we were already won before um, one book was ever sold to, to anyone else. Okay. It, it was just like this was going to be something in our family. And, uh, that turned out to be uh, that there were a lot of other families like ours that, that like yeah. this kind of a story, uh, this kind of story. So that's been a cool, um, a really cool experience, which I'm really grateful for. And uh, now I, I get to do this as a job and. And I am really grateful, and I love uh, I love my kids who were the original audience, mm-hmm. and I love the kids uh, who are reading it now, and the families that are sharing these stories. Um, I feel a real so a clear sense of calling to to love and serve them. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I'm kind of like uh, making up a making up some sandwiches for some <laughs> for some kids, and yeah. uh, they're coming through and, and eating them, and I just want to keep making them and keep feeding them, and and uh, it's it's a real honor to do that. Uh, 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 they're the they're the kings of the world for me, and and I love being a, being a uh, part of the help for them. Oh, that is that is special. So, cool. uh, so you talked about like loving your job. What is it that you enjoy most about being a writer, or what is even like the daily life of a writer like? Because I'm assuming you sit at your desk with a pipe in your hand and you just <laughs> wax philosophical all day, right? And just go ha, ah, and then write something down. That's how it works. That's it. That's it. Yep, <laughs> you, you nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> Well, my, my day is pretty. I mean, it, it's kind of one of those things that it, it's. I think it for for a lot of people, the idea like it, it's funny now that I've been doing it kind of a, a long time. I, I sort of forget the 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 notion that even I used to have of like, oh, that's really cool. Like you're a writer, what? Like oh, you <laughs> yeah. Know, like, you know, uh, but it's it's like almost nothing could be. It's not. I don't think it's boring. It's just like it's a very ordinary to me. It's a mm-hmm. it's an ordinary mm-hmm. vocation kind of uh, uh, which I, which I think is. Is a, is a good thing I think for, for writers to keep in mind especially if you're a Christian uh, you know that, that this yeah. is an ordinary vocation rooted in love and service and mm-hmm. so I try to sort of stay, stay focused on that so there, there's a sense in which I think oh this is a really ordinary job and I, and I like to hold on to that at least with one hand and um, with the other hand I will allow the uh, the, th- the fact that, that writing is, is is incredible that it's magical that it's that it's mysterious it's beautiful mm-hmm. it's this incredible act of being able to share these little words, these little private uh, ideas and stories I share with my own kids that now can live for thousands of years, maybe (laughs) that kids on all seven continents, honestly, like for real, that my, my books are in um, a research station in in Antarctica. They're on all the continents. Hmm. These books I've heard from kids. I've gotten letters from kids from all over the world. And that's, amazing so i'll hold on to that with the one hand and the other hand i'll just uh, i'll have my apron on ready to serve up some <laughs> um some food but 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 uh but it, in an ordinary day i have a little shed like it was like a garden shed that we turned into a, a, a little writing uh, shed i call it the, the forge because mm-hmm. um, that's the forge is where the smith goes to work and um <laughs> so i can, i it's about 10 feet from my house and i just uh, my commute is pretty short um, sometimes nice. the weather is a little bad, but uh, I, I usually make it to work and yeah, I come out here. And, and uh, my favorite part of the day is is writing. I love to I love to write. Um, uh, it may be one of my favorite things about it. The actual act itself is 
is the sort of the, the joy and re relief of self-forgetfulness, uh, mm -hmm. you know, that, that, that you get to really get, you know, uh, just like a reader gets lost in the story, I, I get lost in the creation of the story. Hmm. And I, I, that is such a gift, especially if you're kind of an anxious type or you kind of way to the world, sort of you think about things a lot. And you're kind of, a, you know, I think a lot of writers are, are like that naturally so to to be relieved of that and just to be lost <laughs> in a world you know that's that's a really that's a huge blessing that i get to do that and, and yeah i love that I, I wish that i wish that i had more time for that and less time of the you know the uh, mm -hmm. the all the other stuff of, of writing which is necessary yeah mm -hmm. uh, and and fun at, at times there's joy in that too but uh but i, I really love the actual just getting lost in the writing that's super fun do you type on a computer or do you write longhand? Uh, on a computer. I use a, I use a, a laptop. Computer. I'm very romantic. So <laughs> I, do a, I do have a pipe. Uh, I, don't, I don't smoke it very often. But I do, I do, there, there is a pipe on the premises. Yeah, <laughs> for when you need to wax needed. philosophical, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so were you always, like, was writing in the back of your mind? Were you always a storyteller? Was there, like, did you see the seeds of this before? Uh, was it a dream you always had? It's a little confusing because I, I, I was on the one hand, I was not a reader, so I didn't really start reading until I was much older, which mm. is unusual. I think a, a lot of writers are like they just read from the very beginning so much, and I, I really started reading a lot when I was probably fifteen or so. Okay, and, and um, uh, really started reading fiction probably fifteen, sixteen, seventeen that that kind of age range. I, I really got into it a whole lot, so a little bit late to the game. However. When I was really young, I think I was in first grade or yeah, first grade, I had a teacher that read us. Well, my mom would read us books. She would read us, you know, different books. But but mm -hmm. uh, I had a teacher that read uh, Little Women to us. Mm -hmm. And and uh, in Little Women, you know, you 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 know that uh, uh, Joe March is a writer, and and I loved Joe so much. I just really identified with her. I was just a little kid, but I was just like, oh man, this is such a cool character. I love this character. And then I just I loved that she was a writer, and I thought that was mm. so neat to me. I, I didn't. I guess I think that I, I thought about writing as being sort of a distant thing that other people did, that uh, people in England or old times or something. It felt <laughs> yeah. so kind of. And even though Louise Malcott, you know, was 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 uh, older, and, and and she she was deceased by the time I heard this story, I still it still felt close to me for some reason. It felt mm. possible. And when I found out that that Joe was based on Louise Malcott, I sort of fell in love with that idea and I started writing little stories. So I, I, I wrote little stories when I was real little and then I, I sort of kept up with it here and there. And then I got, you know, into sort of writing, I got a guitar and I started writing songs and I wrote poems. And so it was really um, in my teenage years, it was really um, songwriting that was, that took over. And that was for most of my life. And I think probably in my thirties, I think I came back to storytelling actually through sort of some, some health troubles that kind of thwarted my ability to do very well on the, on the music front. I thought I was having trouble with my throat and some other things. And I just thought, well, I can't, but maybe I can, I can stay in this. And at that time we lived in a trailer, my wife and I, and I thought, well, I can stay here and I can write. I can, maybe mm. I can still, maybe I can rediscover that old dream. And, and uh, so uh, that's a, uh, that's a little bit of, that's like a snapshot of my, yeah. my journey as a writer. Uh, would you say that Little Women was the book that spoke to you the most as a kid? Were there any others? Um, no, it did in that in that vocational sort of sense. Mm -hmm. yeah, sort of like getting, I loved it um, for sure. But um, my, most memorable for me were the the stories that my mom read us, which be predictable to maybe a lot of the audience. But uh, the Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. Amen. Uh, mm -hmm. There it is. And, and, <laughs> and, and, 
and the Chronicles of Narnia were were, were like a bolt from the blue for me, for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we read a lot of other cool books, um, the Boxcar Children. Yes. Uh, I love the Boxcar. Ma- 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 Mom would read us like uh, missionary stories, that kind of stuff. Like we mm-hmm. she read this, this book. Um, we were we were missionary kids, actually. Um, so she would read us like Brother Andrew. I don't know if you remember. God Smuggler, mm-hmm. I think the book was called. I think I've heard and, of it, yeah. Um, so there's sort of stories like that, and I, I, those would really capture my imagination. But I, there was nothing like uh, the, the Chronicles of Narnia yeah. to me. It's, it's just a that woke me, and I know it does for a lot of other people. But I, it's hard to it's hard to. At the time, we lived in a in a in the basement of a log cabin that my dad was building wow. um, that he that he actually never finished uh, because we we went to the mission field. But it was it was a dark basement up in a deep in the woods in a holler. Um, we called him a holler instead of a hollow, but, uh, oh, we're from East Tennessee. Um, we call it a holler too. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. So, so this, in this place, just the, the, which was pretty dark. Um, we, we had a, this light, uh, of, of these stories mm. invaded my mind and my imagination. And I think it was kind of one of those things like, I didn't know it at the time, but looking back, I just think like, oh, that's, that's like, I didn't know that's who I was, mm. but I was, and I don't know everyone's touched by it, but it, I, I, I know everyone's touched by those stories in a deep way, but but for me, it was almost like more than just sort of being moved by the story. It, I felt like I was being invited into uh, a, a new universe, almost. Mm. And, uh, it was really transforming. So th- th- those were those were profound, and and I didn't catch up to. So I didn't go on like a lot of people. I didn't read any Tolkien until I was probably yeah, I was I was in my mid teens, mid late teens. Mm. I started re- reading that. So um, I. I that was a that was a really special and unique story out of all the ones that I was exposed to. Do you have with Narnia? Do you have uh, a favorite particular book, a favorite moment in the stories that resonated with you as a kid that is still your favorite today as an adult? Like, let's let's talk some Narnia for a second. <laughs> yeah, when I was a kid, it was it was the first book. Just I think probably because it was so arresting. Yeah, and it was so memorable. To, that mm. was like a breaking in. I was mm-hmm. just I was so fascinated, and the rest were like a continuation of that. Not mm-hmm. I didn't have another. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of that, that I remember. I don't remember a big like. Oh, this was another sea change. It was so, it was such a big deal. I mean, as an adult, I've reread them several times, and and that first one's probably not my my favorite. I don't know. It's really hard for me to say. I love. Um, Voyage of the Dawn Treader an yeah. awful lot. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I don't. There's something. I don't. I don't. I don't know exactly how to describe. Um, I, I, but I, I love them all. Yeah. <laughs> I love them all. But I would say probably Voyage of the Dawn Treader is probably my next my next favorite one. Maybe followed by Prince Caspian. I don't know. I'm, I'm like hearing my children like argue with me because <laughs> we, we we talk about this. I'm hearing I'm hearing the case for a, a horse and his boy. And, oh yeah. Uh, uh, and the silver chair for sure, but it, yeah. Uh, how about you guys? What's what are what are your favorites? You, you gotta you gotta give me you gotta give me something back here. Yeah, Sarah. Let me think about it. I All was right. gonna ask you how old your kids are. Hmm. They are right now. They tend to be around the ages of ten to nineteen. <laughs> okay. I have two daughters uh, in the. I have two daughters and two sons. The girls are 10 and 19. The boys are 13 and 17. Okay. Very cool. Um, I think it's just, hmm, I'm trying to think of what's my favorite. I got mine ready. Okay, if you go, to Sam. Think. For me, it's The Last Battle. Uh, hmm. One and unusual. Hmm. Out of well, the blue. It's the, the underdog. The underdog. <laughs> I love it. It's the last paragraph to me is perfect. 
uh, on it's one of those passages I go to on on like one, on hard days because mm. I feel like the last passage just reminds me uh, not to, to use a tire cliche but like what it's all about. Um, yeah. I love how he just captures something in that paragraph and um, but also my favorite moment in the entire series. It, spoiler alert. <laughs> Putting the spoiler out there. If you have not read The Last Battle, this is your last warning. Spoiler alert. All right. Uh, when they first get to Aslan's country and we see all of our old friends from all the books, I mm. love that. Uh, any story where all the characters get to be together in the end mm. will usually leave me in a puddle of tears. Mm-hmm. But the first person Aslan speaks to is Puzzles the Donkey. Mm. That killed me. Mm. <laughs> I didn't know why at the time, but it was... Puzzles has this shame. I mean, he gets tricked into the whole charade with the, mm-hmm. uh, the I think it's an orangutan, right? Mm-hmm. And the fact that he he is so aware of his shame and the first person Aslan speaks to is him. I closed the book and started crying. Mm-hmm. First time I read it, and I was, not the first, I mean, I read it as a kid, but when I read it as a 22-year-old adult, mm-hmm. it just hit me right in the spot. And like it, it's one of those things that, there's certain moments in books that will always do that to me when I read them, and that's one of them. Hmm. So that's Underdog Last Battle. Okay. Puzzles the donkey. <laughs> Honestly, I'm feeling like I need to go back and read all of them. We mm-hmm. we talked about The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe last – was that last Christmas? Last Christmas. Last Christmas. Um, so that's the freshest on my mind, and I'm like, hmm, I feel like I need to rediscover the whole series again because I read them probably when I was in high school or college right. or multiple times throughout. But yeah, I'm going to pass on the question. I did want to ask you, what are your kids reading right now? Or what are you reading with your kids? I'd love to hear about that. Hmm. Oh, good question. Let me think. Uh, what are the kids reading? I should know this. They go through books pretty quickly. I think my daughter, my youngest daughter is reading one of the Harry Potter books. Mm. She's kind of uh, waited for many years to be yeah. to be uh, invited in there. Classic. And, um, my son, I think, is reading a soccer book. Okay. Uh, okay, I'm on board with that. Uh, I think he's reading Gods of Soccer, which sounds very sacrilegious, but uh, <laughs> it's pretty good. And uh, he's a big soccer guy, and uh, he, he loves Wonder. Uh, it's probably maybe his favorite book. I think. Mm-hmm. He's read it over and over again. Wonder is fantastic. We talked about Wonder on our podcast yeah. a few months ago. Yeah, we loved it. <laughs> we loved it. It's pretty fantastic. Um, and uh, I would say my my next son up. My goodness, he he and I are writing a book together right now. Um, he's he just turned seventeen. We we wrote uh, a book together recently and we're working on the set the follow-up but so mm. he, he reads all the time mm-hmm. i think <laughs> it's funny we were just he's one of those guys that just like he just devours um uh, stuff so he's reading he's reading all lewis and he's reading aquinas he's reading kierkegaard he's oh, kind of a and he reads a lot about film he loves like uh he's, he's kind of a filmmaker and cool. nice. making and um so he's i'm trying to think of what he's actually reading right now you know what it might be um it might be a Tim Keller book. It might be a reason for God. But he also okay. loves fiction. He reads a, reads a lot of fiction as well. I'm trying to think of the last sort of fictional book that I heard from him. I'm not sure. Um, my daughter, my oldest daughter, boy, what is she reading? Uh, I can't I can't recall. I can see the cover, and I can't think of what it is. But she's also a big – she loves um, Jane Austen. We all kind mm-hmm. of love Jane Austen. Um, she's, she's a big fan of hers. And, 
um, she is a wonderful, she's probably the most, I don't know, her and my wife are just, they, they are the big, probably the biggest readers in the family, but um, everybody's kind of, everybody's kind of reading all the time. I giggled when I asked you the question and you said, well, let me think about it. Cause I talked to my mom recently about when I read as a kid. Um, and I said, what did you remember me reading? And she was like, Sarah, who knows? You read so much. I couldn't keep up with all the books that you're reading. Um, so I just kind of laughed. And when you're talking about your son, at first I was like, oh, he sounds like me in my head. And then, nope, I read a lot of fiction. But I am reading um, A Reason for God, actually. So we are, yes, we are yeah. on the same vein so right no now. No Aquinas or Kierkegaard. No Aquinas. <laughs> I cannot. Um, Say Me that either. I have read that. Uh, don't be disappointed in me. <laughs> well, I will confess that he, after he read the Kierkegaard, I think he read Fear and Trembling, and he's like, uh, he he did come to me. and He's like, I don't, I don't really know. That was yeah. that was a tough one. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that was a tough one for me too. I still I could remember like a few things from it, but yeah. I do not know what it's kind of hard that, that was that was a tough one this is I why would, we stick to kids books that's right that's right <laughs> yeah. i would i would love to hear a little bit about how you and your son are writing a book together what does that look like um i sometimes have aspirations of writing and i know what it takes to get me writing singularly so it's interesting i would love to hear about what does that look like to write a book with your son hmm well, it's uh, it's terribly inefficient. I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, that, now that, that that's that's what I expected actually. That's what that's what seems because it's so it's hard enough. Like you said, it's hard enough to write a to write a book mm -hmm. yourself and to involve anybody else. Seems like it would be such a pain and and, and really really difficult. Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, but but boy, I, I got to tell you, this this experience with him has been phenomenal. Um, it has been. I mean, I, I think I would be honest and just like, well, we we really suffered through this thing, but it's been so cool. Um, he, it's it's the the Jack Zulu and the Waylanders Key books are are based on the stories that he developed first as a TV show, and he, I think he was like hmm. thirteen or so. Goodness. He started working on it's a cool kid. this kind of treatment for a for a show. He was kind of like writing out a sort of a treatment outline, that sort of stuff, and we were talking about it. And it's, I thought it was pretty good. And, and, and I said, you should, you know, we, in our family, we know how to do books and stuff. I was like, you know, if you want to, if you ever want to try to do a book that when you go to a producer, you know, filmmaking people and say, Hey, I've got this idea or I've got this treatment or whatever, mm -hmm. even script, that's a little different than saying like, um, I have this property that's already got an audience mm -hmm. and, you know like like, yeah. uh, like i have with the, with the green mm -hmm. ember it's kind of a different conversation and so i said you know if you want to write a book or you want to you want uh to co-write a book together you know let's you know i'm happy to help however you want so that's he opted awesome. for let's, really cool. let's try to do this together and so we, we kind of so we both worked on it it's not just like his idea and then i execute on it in the writing space mm -hmm. that's a little bit that's probably an oversimplification because we really both work on the story and then we both he does a lot of writing mm -hmm. uh, in, in it i think what what the reader reads at the end is more of my voice more of my finished product mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. for sure and it's more of his story but it is kind of mixed up and and uh we we end up taking a lot of walks uh, where we uh, we live kind of out in the country, uh, which is to say we live in West Virginia, and uh, <laughs> we, we so we kind of walk around and we'll we uh, we'll talk through ideas and he'll he'll he kind of flushes it out a little bit and then I'll sort of go from there, 
um, with it. And, and I, I wish I had a lot to complain about that. It was really, you know, terrible and tough and we almost <laughs> came to blows and all that, but, but that's not really true. We've had an, we've had a wonderful experience mm. together and it's been a, a massive privilege okay. uh, to work on these together, but we're only partway through the second book. So we could still, we could still have a really entertaining Blow up. Yes, you uh, right. still could right. fight. Right. <laughs> At some point, this, this movie could get interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes so we had our friend Tim wrote in a question, and I think this is applicable here. When you're writing a series, do you plan the whole thing out before, or do you let it fold unfold organically? Well, I've done it both ways. So, so the Green Ember was pr was pretty organic. The first book, I knew what was going to happen at the end of the first book when I started writing it, and that, mm -hmm. that was helpful because because it was based on these stories I told my kids, and so I was kind of aiming for a climax that I understood pretty well, which helped. But mm -hmm. I'm also not an outliner, really. I don't do outlines. I, I do um, I'll do beats, sort of like this needs to happen and then this needs to happen. Mm -hmm. I'm always so I'm sort of you know it's that that people talk about. <clears throat> excuse me, a, a discovery writer or a, oh. uh, or a uh, planner. And uh, I, I uh, tend to, or an outline or whatever, you know, pantser or planner. That mm -hmm. kind of thing. And, I, and I'm def definitely like, a, like most people, I'm somewhere in between. Yeah. So I, I, have, I have beats and I have an idea and I, but I'm generally sort of trying to go towards something, but I'm always alive and awake and open to like where the story wants to go right. and where, you know, that sort of thing with, with, um, with, the Jack Zulu stories, uh, we were a lot clearer, I think, on where we want to be at the end of the whole, like, initially it's a trilogy, like, where do we want to be at the end of this trilogy? Like, mm -hmm. what's, what's the ending? And we're writing for that, we're writing toward that. So we, we have some clarity, and uh, but I think in the end, it's kind of, it's it's worked out to where, like, even in the first book, we got towards the end, and we were, we were, we were oh my goodness, this doesn't quite work, we need to do this. And so we've had to be pretty agile on that so mm -hmm. so so sort of yes and no I, we we sort of know what we're going for mm -hmm. we, yeah and we have a pretty good clear pretty good clarity on the end of the third book this second book is interesting because we're 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 we're, so, we're discovering quite a bit i'll say we're discovering yeah. quite a bit that we didn't and some of the things mm -hmm. we assumed we are changing um, mm. uh, as we go along so it's it's pretty moldable I, yeah. I really it feels like we're kind of directly in the middle of sort of planning it out pretty well and yeah. being sort of alive to change. It feel, feels pretty, um, pretty balanced on that, which yeah. I think is, is, it suits us. Yeah. Sort of a happy medium. Uh, has anything ever happened in your books that surprised you? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Is yeah. That... Yeah. I love that. That's fun actually, because um, I, I like like ending a chapter. So, you know, so, so that, that'll happen. Like I'll get this character will get into a situation, you know, something will happen. Um, they're going somewhere or something and then the, the encounters there's dialogue even dialogue that'll come up that, I'm, that surprises me to mm -hmm. some extent there's there's a little bit of uh i'm not a big stephen king fan but that he did write a pretty helpful book for um for, for maybe let's say older people who are writers mm -hmm. um to uh, and he talks about sort of uh, a, a story as being something that is found a found object that's discovered mm -hmm that it feels like a, um, like a, like a fossil in the ground that you sort of start brushing away at you dig and then you brush and you're trying, you're basically revealing it. Mm -hmm. You don't necessarily feel like you're placing it or you, 
and that's how it feels. Uh, it may not be exactly true technically, but right. it does feel like stories are discovered things. So I do feel like as I go along, I'm discovering there are characters I discover. Like, why is this rabbit, this brooding rabbit, why is he sitting in the corner? And why is he so mad? Why is he so <laughs> angry? Yeah. I don't understand. And I, I get really curious about him. And then I start finding out about his history. And, and it's that is a real a source mm-hmm. of joy. And it's the same thing with situations. Like, you could get into it. I like putting them in bad situations that bother me that I don't know how to get out of. It makes my mind work. And I think yeah. thinking about like, and it has to not just, it can't just be easy. It has to be believable. And, yeah. um, so, so I like, I like doing that. I, I like discovering and, and, uh, and, and finding surprises and being curious. That yeah. all feels really important to the process. So I'm going to ask you a favor. Uh, Sarah has mentioned that she wants to be a writer, but it sounds like, she just needs some encouragement to get going because she would never admit it. She is a good writer. She used to write a blog and it was about being a mom and I'm not even a mom and I enjoyed reading it. I can't remember exactly. I can't remember that. The dialogue. I can't believe you read that. (laughs) I need you to give Sarah some encouragement to get her writing on that book. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Well, um, Sarah, uh, you have to love the people you're writing for more than you love uh, anything else in the process. Mm. And, and I, I think if it's important enough for them that you'll make the sacrifice of time and energy mm. to do it and to do it well. And if you're doing it for, I can't think of very many other reasons that are all that I would, I would, that are all that noble. <laughs> and I would just say like, don't, don't worry about it. Like mm. it's fine if you don't do it. But if, if those people kind of can't live without it, like if you, if it's mm. a gift that you, you've got to give, then, 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 then you got to show up for it. And then it's worth an awful lot. And it's mm. worth a lot of sacrifice. It's worth a lot of, of, of a grit. And, and um, so I, I, I wouldn't, and then I would say that the, the chances are that you do have a gift to give in mm. that, in that, space and and it may not be for a million people it may be for five people and i would think about those five people and i would really focus on them and i would i would make a i would make a particular gift instead of a broad Mm. play Mm. um that that people you know you listen to a love song on the radio it's usually about a girl or a boy Mm -hmm. Uh, you know it's not about all the boys right all the girls yeah and I would say so. When we write something particularly for for people, that becomes um, the, the the most personal, becomes the most universal. I think mm. Henry Allen maybe said that. I can't, but um, I think that's true. And and uh, I found that true in my experience as a writer. That the more particular, the more focused I am. If you try mm. to write something for the world, you just you can't you can't do it, and and it's not worth it. And nobody needs to read the next Harry Potter or the next Chronicles of Narnia. They need to read your story mm. and your audience, and whether that's a small garden um, that you just need to tend uh, in a humble way, like that's a pretty good that's a pretty good gig. Mm. And if it's Disneyland and you got to deal with that, and you're trying to serve you know 15 million or whatever a year, like that's a different job. And maybe you don't even want it, really. <laughs> maybe, maybe if you had that job, you'd want the garden job. So yeah. I would just think about like the words that sort of I feel like anchor me. And I could talk about this a long time, but I, <laughs> that I want to anchor me are like modesty, um, fidelity, and audacity. Mm. That, that, mm. I, that I want to remember who I am. I don't want to get too big for my britches. I want to stay britches. I want to, this is a job with an apron on, in my opinion. I'm a servant. 
I said, I want to stay modest. I want to stay faithful. For me personally, it's I want to be faithful to Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to tell uh, I want to tell honest stories that are that are um, that are that are true. Uh, that I want to tell true stories about written. They don't have to have happened, but they have to be faithful to mm-hmm. reality of the world that God made. They have to be generous and hospitable. They can't be. Um, I can't. I can't. I must not tell lies. Um, and and then uh, audacity is I want to be bold. I want to be brave. I want to mm. get after it. I want to go hard. I want to <laughs> I want to keep those other two things anchoring me. But then I want to I want to swing for the fences because mm. writing is is insane. You, you you can't you can't do it. Like writing a book and expecting other is so crazy. It is such a dumb, insane thing to do. <laughs> uh, you, you you have to almost cultivate a kind of madness mm-hmm. to sort of like even think that 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 you should because because rationally you shouldn't do it. Yeah. It never works. And so it's that's much more of a true statement than like go ahead. It all you know you can yeah. do it. Like it's kind of, is more crazy and it's more based in reality to say like no you can't do it for sure. Mm. Like it's so hard and it's <laughs> yeah. impossible. And, and if it, even if you can do it, like, why would you do it? How arrogant do you have to be to like, think that you're <laughs> going to sit here and do this and you expect other people to spend their time doing it? So you have to, you have to have, you have to cultivate a kind of uh, mm. wild audacity. Um, so I don't, I, I could, I could go on and on. Yeah. That's, that's, Thank that's you for word. that. <laughs> Those were good words. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, I, I think that's about as good of a note as I want to end this on. Uh, Cause, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that was just beautiful. Uh, Sam, how can people find you? Actually, here's my question. If a parent wanted to start reading your books with their kids, where would you point them to begin? We're talking like maybe a parent of a kid who's just getting into big kid books, you know, like nine, 10 years old. Where would you point them? Yeah, the, the, my book, uh, The Green Ember, would be, for, for, for my books, that would be the way to start. There, there, I have... 10 books in the green number series, but there's they're sort of four of the main series. And mm-hmm. then there are three side adventures and three back adventures. But if you start with the green number, um, there are three sequels to that, that are, that make a lot of sense. If you just want to go, go there, uh, that's a, that would be a good place to start. And the good news is you can start it for free. If you'd like, uh, um, I give it away on my website yeah. for anybody who wants it um, yeah. uh, on uh, audible or on audiobook, uh, which we have a wonderful reader. And honestly, uh, uh, not to too, our horn too much, but we, <laughs> um, but, but at one time it was the, it was the number one audiobook in the world. It was, Ooh, it was uh, it, wow. at, at one point. So, it's, two, a, two. It's, so you can have it for, uh, you can have it for free and, and, and you just do that by going to stsmith.com. So you can try it out risk, risk free. If it's not for you, it's not for you, but, hmm. but uh, maybe it is. Awesome. That's awesome. Well, Sam, thanks so much for joining yeah, us. This thank was you. awesome. I, so fun. My pleasure. It was a delight to speak with you guys, and thanks for thanks for spending time with me and for everybody who's listening. I'm uh, I'm honored that you that you stuck with us this long, even <laughs> after all those boring stories. I <laughs> no, this was awesome. Thank you so much. Well, that was our interview with Sam, otherwise known as St. Smith. Thanks again, Sam, for joining us. That was too much fun. Honestly, I felt like we could have gone on for hours and hours and hours, but that is not how podcasts work, and we had to unfortunately end it. That's all for us. We'll be back next week with The Secret Garden, and then off we go into 2023. As always, remember, support your local bookstore, and we will see you soon. Thanks, y'all.